Alright Rebel Parents, bonus episode! I love the bonus episode! I gotta tell you, being constrained by the 30 minute time limit really does bother me. But we are on some great radio stations. Thank you The Voice in New Jersey for playing Rebel Parenting. Jersey. Love it so much. Soldiers of Faith, Matt and Sarah Mayer. Ooh, we love you guys so much! I tell you what, Matt and Sarah Mayer, nobody listening really knows these, this couple as well as we do. That's one of my my favorite new couples. I love them so much. Matt's story, we got to get him on here. His story is astounding. It is a, He is such a great speaker too. I went, I'm kind of cynical. We did a men's <laughs> event together and I got, I was so glad that I went just because I got to hear him speak. That's mm. awesome. Like I spoke, David Dunn played. Oh my gracious, that dude's voice. Woo, it was so good. But Matt Mayer, sorry, I'm just like, yeah. Man crush, no homo. I don't know what I'm supposed to say now. Anyway, bonus episode talking about your book together. And Tim, I'm going to just share my experience because I think there's a lot of guys out there that do believe the way that I believe or were raised the way I was raised. I was raised in a very conservative Christian family. We have Wesleyan faith. And, you know, I, I've, I have, you've heard the, you know, husbands love your wives, wives submit to your husbands. And it's just this huge contentious thing in our culture. They addressed it in the marriage conference we went to this weekend. It was so great because that has been misconstrued and misquoted and misused in so many different ways. And you guys start talking about this equality in marriage. And I was like, you know, there's not though. Like maybe you're not biblical. Maybe we should see other people. I don't even know what I'm, you know, and you were doing this uh, conference. It was a one day, Laura couldn't go. And she was like, well, you can go. And I was like, oh, he's going to talk about that thing. And I'm like, I was worried because I knew you're going to present these views. And if I disagreed, I don't have the ability to not say it if you ask. Right. Yeah. And then where do we go? Because I felt like that would be a breakdown in the relationship. And here's where you went. And it was very, very easy. It was the two shall leave their father and mother and cleave to each other and the two shall become one flesh. And I thought, wait, what? I mean, I've heard that a million times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard it over and over and over again. Let me just restate that. The two shall become one. It didn't say the two shall become superhero and sidekick, president and vice president, you know, uh, hero and little buddy. It's the two shall become one. And I don't know any way to get around that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying there can't be strengths and weaknesses. I'm not saying you can't defer to the other person. I am saying that... Your philosophy of the green light, which is where Laura and I are at now, is we don't make decisions unless the two of us have a green light. And it it, it is frustrating at times. Frustrating people. at times. <laughs> it gets awkward at times. If you really believe something, your spouse is like, yeah, but I'm not there yet. And you've agreed that you are equal in marriage. Well, then you don't get to move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's tough because my ego is bigger than this house that we're in. And my pride is, and all those things get stuck in the way. And it's changed our marriage. It's mm-hmm. changed our marriage because I look at Laura as an equal and a partner now, and someone as equally valuable as me, that I couldn't do what I'm doing without her, that we wouldn't be married unless we had each other, that we couldn't parent the way we do without her. And now, I don't know. It's just switched for me. It really has switched and it makes people uncomfortable. There are churches that would never let me come and talk about this in their church. And I think they're wrong. So <laughs> that's what, what I think you? to you. Sorry, I just do. I don't, whatever. You don't like the, if you don't like rebel parenting, don't listen. It's okay. I mean, I hope you do. But again, 
this is what we believe. It's a little bit radical and revolutionary at this point, and it's helped our marriage immensely, mm. and that's why I want to pass it along. Mm. But, right, you know, I so. think sometimes all of us face battles in our life, and we wonder what we believe, and mm. we're not quite sure if we could biblically defend it, and mm. that kind of puts us at odds with other people. Like, well, I have to, they have to be right, or I have to be right. One of the ways that Tim and no, I... No, I have to be right and they have to be wrong. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I, oh, said yeah. it, I said it backwards. Yes, yeah, somebody's got to be wrong. Somebody's got to be wrong. No, it's always the other person. <laughs> Couldn't possibly okay, be yes. me. Okay, yes. Sorry. But when we ever talk about co-leadership at a conference, mm-hmm. knowing that that wall will come up with people, we say we want to start out by saying this isn't a salvationary issue. Right. Like yeah. this isn't about accepting Jesus and... Uh, we're, uh, let's say we've all made a decision for Christ and we're all going to heaven. Okay, we can put our shoulders down now and say uh, how we choose to Take live our marriage, how we choose yeah. to walk it yeah. out, um, whether we believe in a more traditional view or a more co-leadership view is a preference. It's not going to send you to hell. It's not an absolute. Right. That's yes. right. It's so you can totally disagree with me and I'm not going to dislike you. Yeah. won't change my relationship with you. But I will disagree with you. Absolutely. And that's okay. And if you want to have a discussion about it, we can. And if you don't, we don't have to because I still want to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. We'll Absolutely. talk about it a little more. Sure. Yeah. Well, again, just to frame that for a moment, it's like we have a chapter called Absolutes First Preferences. And we start out when we talk about mm. co-leadership because we know it triggers a lot of people. And sometimes the more religious and more trained, the more, whoa, their, their walls go up. Mm. So we say these are some of our absolutes, you know. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mm-hmm. will die on the hill of the amazing, yeah. quintessential community being, you know, that lives, we don't even know exactly where. We'll die on the hill that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, his yeah. birth, life, death, and life giving resurrection, absolute mm-hmm. for Tim and Ann Evans. We'll die on the great commandment, yeah. you know. Mm. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first and foremost commandment. The second is like So these are absolutes. Yeah. Absolutes. These are the, the absolutes. The Great Commission, go and make disciples and baptize. Those are things that we're, we will you know, go mm-hmm. to the wall with. Yeah. But there are a so lot of absolutes. It's an interesting one because this one wouldn't be an absolute. It's not a heaven or hell issue. And we believe if you can adopt this in the way we believe it, it will benefit your marriage, that it will calm your marriage down, that those... There's certain fights that you won't get into when you start viewing your partner as an equal and you start treating them. It's not just saying it. That's the other thing, too. It's not saying it. Because Laura thought I believed that way because I said it. Or at least I implied it. But the action was totally different. Well, so many couples have never really had the conversation. So when we sit in the office or when we teach at a conference, we challenge couples to take some time and to know what you believe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to really um, wrestle with the scriptures and to own that for yourself so that you can biblically define where you stand in marriage because it is important as you begin to walk it out. There's plenty of friends we have that have uh, different preferences, but we're still friends. Some... um, would value contemporary worship over traditional worship. Sure. Some would say I'd prefer adult baptism over infant baptism. Some would say I value Wesleyan holiness over reform sanctification. Mm. So again, preferences and absolutes. Let's all say that this, let's all agree that this is a preference and then let's take a closer look at it. Mm, yeah. like that. Because yeah. we say you don't have to walk in co-leadership, but we share our hearts and what we believe is our call and say, will you give it a try? Yeah. yeah. Will you give it a try? Because most... Traditional listeners, I would think, say, wait, I believe my spouse is equal. If it's the husband, my wife's totally equal. We're both made in the image of God. Yes, we agree. Mm -hmm. But do you believe she's functionally equal? Sure. Mm -hmm. You guys both come from a traditional Catholic background. Absolutely. Moved into evangelicalism. 
how did you arrive at this place? Because I'm yeah. guessing in the Catholic Church, you had hierarchy. I mean, I've seen the hierarchy. Yes. The man is the head of the household and the wife is subservient to him. You know, those types of things. Was it shocking? Did it get introduced slowly? Did someone just slap you? I mean, you guys kind of slapped me in the face with it. Not on, You didn't know it because right. I'm, you know, poker facing the whole time. But man, I wrestled with it. I remember going home thinking. They're wrong. No, I went home from that conference that day thinking my belief system has changed. It's rare, but I'm open enough to go, I, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. My marriage has benefited because of it. Totally. Okay. So how let's, did you arrive let's there? Let's it a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and again, we were we were in the Catholic Church 21 years. We were at Willow Creek Church we, you know, in the Chicago yeah. suburbs for 20 years. Bill Hybels, Shauna <laughs> Nequist. We love you, Shauna. <laughs> And Dr. Gilbert Belzikin is still a spiritual father. I emailed mm. him this morning, in fact. He just got out of surgery recently. Mm. And it's like he is a passionate egalitarian. Now, we don't want to get too confusing because you could do a whole separate series on women in leadership. Willow yeah. Creek would yes. fall with women elders, women teachers, yeah. preachers, you know, gift-based serving the kingdom. So we made a decision for Christ at Willow Creek in our early years of marriage. Uh, we were 21, first married six months when we made a decision. And so we grew up in a church that valued women in leadership. That's oh. all we heard. So I remember Tim and I, I think that God starts to, to develop your passion. And I turned to him one day and I said, look at all these strong women. Uh, look at all these women who are teachers and preachers and able to use the elders. full elders, use the full extent of their gifts. I wonder how that translates to marriage. And so that was the beginning of our journey. And, and that was Dr. our... Dr. Belzik invited us to audit his courses at Wheaton College. Oh. So I was on a fire department. I got, got a cover for me. We'd go, we were like the two, you know, the married couple. By then we had a two or three kids. And we're just soaking up his whole theology on mutual equality, mutual authority. But again, it was more leaning towards, again, women in leadership. Mm-hmm. So we started to ask the Lord, how could we bring that into our marriage? And where it led us was right to God's original design yeah. for marriage. That's we right. get our theology for marriage before sin entered the story. We don't see headship. We don't see hierarchy. We don't yeah. see female subordination. We don't see the man designated the leader or the spiritual cover before sin entered the story. So we've been mm. pressing into that for almost 40 years of our marriage, and we've come up with the term, we co-lead together. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I grew up in a very conservative family. People know that. Uh, my dad believes in women leadership in the church. I know some people are going to be surprised by that. But he has a grandma that was a full-fledged evangelistic preacher, yeah. like an evangelizing preacher, head preacher. Her husband was not. She was the preacher of the church. Mm-hmm. She was the head pastor. And he grew up that way, believing that. And and I think people are surprised at it. And I respect him so much. Yes. We had a guy on talking about uh, feminism, feminism and the Bible. And before they recorded the broadcast, he had the the author in his office, and he just said, "I just need you to know we disagree on this." And they talked it out ahead of time. And you know. I, man, I appreciate my dad because I know how awkward that is. Here it is, Dr. James Dobson. 330 sure. million people are listening to him a week, and he's the head of these giant ministries and all these things, and you got a guy in there, and then Dr. Dobson's like, hey, I disagree with you. <laughs> oh, what do we do? You know, yeah. and he said, it's okay, though. It's okay. Let's go talk about it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Don't sweat it. We'll just, we'll just disagree. It's not a big deal. And it calmed it down, and I appreciate that. And, and I did with you guys because you weren't like, well, then you're wrong, and you know, shameful with it. Right. It's a preference. Yeah. Well, and it was a curiosity. The way you introduced me to it was, hey, you know, we're going to talk about this. You know, I know you haven't heard that, you know, this message before. You've got our book, but, you know, it'd be great for you to hear it from us. And I didn't want to go. 
I didn't. I thought I would disagree with you. I thought it would affect our relationship, and I didn't want to go. And Laura couldn't go, and that was going to be my big excuse to not go because she couldn't go. And she was like, no, no, you should totally go. Not because she thought I needed to hear the message, but just right. being gracious to me. And it did. It changed my life. It really did change my belief system. And, and I appreciate it, and it's helped me in my marriage. Well, I think one of the key things to co-leadership, which brings people closer into their relationship with the Lord, is that... Um, we use that term IOTL, which we talked about earlier, inquire of the Lord. So we ask both the husband and wife to individually go to the Lord, pray about decisions, mm -hmm. and then come back together and process it. Mm. We say if the husband and wife aren't both on the same page, we use the traffic light principle. Symbolically, if you both don't have a green light, then we would suggest God's more interested in you yep. than he is in getting the job done or having yeah. the decision made. He's so much more interested in unity. So there have been plenty of times of t as Tim and I have learned, what does that even mean to hear the voice of the Lord and does he even speak and can I trust that to be his voice? Um, we've had to put off making some decisions and we've had to put that first. And so I think that's a great place for yeah. couples to start because you can literally have a successful marriage and never include God by making logical decisions that probably aren't going to get you in trouble. But we like to say, what if you included God in every area of your life? Yeah, yeah. kind of that cord of three strands. You know, when Ann and I are intimately connected to God and then to one another, in all humility, guys, we're a powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. I think sure. marriage is under such attack totally yes. because the enemy understands that. Yeah, you know, he does. He does. You look at culture. Everything about our culture, what it says about marriage, is a lie. That the longer you're married, the less sex you have. That you have to fight. I mean, you you watch Real Housewives, things like that. Yeah. Jenna, not Jenny, Jenna McCarthy. Um, man, what was that book called? Something like if it's easy, they'd call the whole darn thing the honeymoon. Mm. She's got a TED talk that's fantastic, but she talks about cultural things that are bad for your marriage, romantic comedies sitcoms those things are bad for your marriage because they give you unrealistic mm. expectations and ideas about marriage pornography is bad for marriage yeah you know well, garbage in garbage out that's and right most sitcoms put the man lower dumb he's the buffoon there's that home depot commercial with the guy Ugh. who's in the back with right. the plunger and the girls oh, sure. redo the bathroom and that's that's awesome for women who want to redo the bathroom, but we don't have to put our man down. That's and, right. And the images we see Absolutely. in our culture, what what are we representing to well, I think the next generation? Even like in the last mm -hmm. ten years, I would say what's surfaced more and more often in our counseling ministry is people are basing major life decisions on their feelings. Yeah, oh, and, and we yeah. would say feelings yeah. are fickle. It's like yeah. sometimes I didn't feel like going to work, or sometimes mm -hmm. I don't feel like cutting the lawn, or feel like loving on my wife or yeah. kids. It's like, you know, we all have our bad days. It's like our take is feelings are connected to a person's ego, which totally. more often than not is not our friend. Yeah. My dad wrote a book about that and I tease him on it because he wrote a book called Emotions, Can You Trust Them? Yes. No, no, no. Yeah, no. The whole book, it could have just been one page. No, you <laughs> cannot trust the Lord trust completely. Them. Don't yeah. ever trust yourself. So completely, back, back yeah. to co-leadership, where do we base our theology for marriage, if you will? From God's original design. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's as right. a side, you know, the Ephesians passage about headship, I know there's complementarians out there and traditionalists and hierarchists. At the end of that, where does Paul go? Because we're not going to convict anybody in a 30-minute message yeah. sure. to throw away their theology. But he goes back to the beginning, but mm -hmm. from the beginning. And he quotes what we call co-leadership. Same thing with Jesus when he was you know, questioning about marriage and divorce, about yeah. divorce. And he turned around and said, but from the beginning, mm -hmm. a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and they should become one flesh. 
that's where Ann and I park. That's where we yeah. build our oneness yeah. with God first and then with one another. That was an interesting one, too. You know, because you bring up this, you know, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. And, you know, again, today, it, this program is for, you know, people our age and the millennials. We had a millennial couple in our conference. We love the millennials. When this gets talked about, there's so much volatility with it, today, but you got to remember cult- culturally at the time, telling women to submit to their husbands was nothing. Women were literally property. Yeah. All you had to do to divorce your wife is say, I divorced thee three times and that's it. You're out. You're kicked right. out. They were property. Uh, I mean, how do you even describe that? For Christ to say, husbands, love your wives as I have loved the church, that was revolutionary. Literally church crumbling, inner fighting, mm-hmm. strife, complaints, fighting over that because the disciples' response at that point, you can tell, it. they didn't say, so then, Christ, is it better to not be married? Their response was, ugh, well, it's better not to be married then. We're not getting married. If we've got to love our wives and we've got to treat them as equals of ourselves, then we're not getting married. That's not what we're into. It was so outside their box. So outside their box. And today we don't see that, but you've got to go back culturally into that historic period and go, my goodness, Christ was a revolutionary. He'd be on rebel parenting going, sorry, husbands, love your wives, sacrifice for them, lay your life down for them, show them with your actions that you'll die for them. You know, just as I am going to die for the church, you lay your life down, you die for your wives. And everybody in the Middle East was like, what? No way. And what if dying for your wife included valuing her relationship with the Lord and her ability to hear from the Lord and her decision-making process and her spiritual gifts? What if you both valued that in each other? What honor that would be. What if it meant sucking it up and swallowing your pride and going to a counseling session and (laughs) not caring what your buddies think? What'd you guys do last night? I went to counseling. Ooh, you was. What's What's what's, wrong? What's wrong with you? Right. Nothing. But you know what it does? Husbands, let me tell you this. This is what it does. It shows with your actions that you value your marriage. And that's what your wife wants. She wants you to show her with your actions that you value your marriage. If you want to get, there's a great, 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 I'll get a link to it. It's called The Art of Marriage, put out by Dennis Rainey and and, uh, Family Life, Family Life Today. The Art of Marriage is a fantastic thing. You can do that in your home. It's DVDs and workbooks you go through. You want to read a book? Great, read a book. You want to go to a counseling session? Do a counseling thing. You want to go to a conference or a seminar? Something. And by the way, if you suggest this, I don't know, maybe if you suggest it, she's going to say, what do you think's wrong with me? Or say, who knows? (laughs) Hey, you know what? Nothing's wrong. Or maybe something's wrong. Just how about this? I just think there could be more. I think... You know, whatever that is, it just says, I care about our marriage enough to be vulnerable, to bring a third party in, to look into our lives and say, how much better could it be? And let me tell you from experience, how long have we seen you? Three years? Yes, I think about three. Yeah. Three or four? Yeah. We had a good marriage. Right. I would say it's almost great now, or it's great and and it's becoming astounding. I just didn't know. I... I've been, I don't know if I've talked, I've, I don't know, I don't think I've ever talked about the radio. I'm, I'm also divorced. This is my second marriage. And my first marriage was very tough. Obviously, it ended in divorce. And divorces don't come in great marriages. You never wake up and go, my goodness, I love my wife. We should get divorced. It was bad. I know what a bad marriage is like. I thought we had a great marriage. We had a good one, and there's nothing wrong with good. 
But my goodness, great is so fantastic. So Where we're at better. today, listen, does it mean we don't fight? No. Yeah. We had a bunch of fights over the weekend. Just silly, stupid ones because I'm kind of an idiot and I tend to let my ego and pride get involved in things. That's the thing. We don't have a perfect marriage. I don't ever want anyone listening to us say, oh, Ryan Love, perfect marriage. It must be so beautiful. We're idiots. <laughs> perfect we, doesn't we, exist. Brush we, off that word, curse, yeah, Ryan. We Come bicker. on. Yeah. <laughs> we bicker and we fight and I've got a giant ego and I'm super prideful. I'm narcissistic. I'm on the radio. Come on, I have to be a narcissist. And the more we see you guys, the more we lay our lives down for each mm. other, the better it gets. The yeah. sex gets better. The intimacy <laughs> gets better. It does. I didn't know. I honestly... Culture whispers it in your ear so often yeah. that the best sex you're ever going to have is on your honeymoon. Mm. I mean, that Such early on sex yeah. is going to be the craziest, wildest, best you're ever going to have. Let me tell you, I had any idea what I was doing on my honeymoon. I was, I was a say, that'd be scary. If I, I was the novice of all novices on my honeymoon. 11 years in, my goodness, I didn't know it could be this good. It's amazing. Well, it's picture 40 years in. Yeah. Okay. We'll do a separate <laughs> separate right? show. And it's funny, as you I'm say, about the, 40 years the good marriage, great marriage, whatever. We're finishing up our, our next book series, you know, Naked, Reclaiming Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. Yeah. Just this weekend, we've been working on the dedication. You wrote and, a book called Naked. You guys are crazy. And I don't know if I have this memorized. You can help me. But it's something like we dedicate naked to every husband and wife who will not settle for a below average marriage, uh, an yeah. average marriage, or even a good marriage, mm. that they passionately and humbly pursue God's naked without shame, very good. Remember, after God created everything, yeah. which marriage was the pinnacle, then he declared everything. It was, he created this was good, created mm-hmm. this was good, created this was good. Ann and I are really crying out to God and do whatever it takes, and it's, a battle for your marriage yeah. to have a very good marriage mm-hmm. that God spoke about in Genesis before sin entered the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, what do you think? How would you describe the difference between an egalitarian marriage maybe? Because there's different marriage models that we encourage people to identify. What's your model? Are you a traditional couple where at the end of the day, when decision needs to be made, the husband has the trump card, yeah. so yeah. to speak. Hey, he let me stop the there. There's nothing wrong with that. That's no. right. We yes. know a couple, and I love this couple. They're an older couple. Not older, but you know, they're older than we are. His wife lays his clothes out for him on his bed every single day. Every sure. day she picks out his outfit. She puts the whole thing on the bed. And we have friends that are like, oh my goodness. Like, they're disgusted by that. Like, how weak is she? He adores his wife. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much he adores his wife. But mm-hmm. They live in a more traditional marriage, and there's nothing wrong with that. Laura and I don't. We, yes. I, I think she is as she's. Well, I'm saying this on the radio. I believe in my head she is equal to me. My pride gets in the way of that at times, but that's the way I am trying to live. And for me and our marriage, the more I try to behave that way the better it is between us. Well, I think the problem comes in when you get into decision-making. How does that all work out? Yeah. Some people say there can only be one boss in an organization. There can only be one. I know. There can only be one. Gotta be a leader. Highlander. And again, and sometimes when people hear about co-leadership, their initial pushback is you guys are anti-headship. Yeah. And really to piggyback on what you just said, right, it's like we are total 100% pro-headship as it's described in the Bible, right. for a mm. husband to nourish his bride and cherish mm-hmm. his bride and be willing to die for his bride, yes and amen. We have no problem with that. Yeah. But working with couples for 30 years in pastoral counseling, that's not how that's it's not lived out. That's right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, when does Christ as head of the church ever 
pull a trump card? Yeah. yeah. When does he require somebody to repent and receive him? When does he, you know, pull a gender trump card, like in, figuratively speaking, in a mirror, yeah. say, no, this is what we're going to do because I'm the head and that's where we're going to go. Yeah. yeah. He never did that. Mm-hmm. So there's the misuse and abuse of headship that we push back against. For sure. But if you're leaving head the way Ephesians says, Yes and amen. We we understand right. that that's in the word of God. But then we come back and say, but could you please show us a fireman and a nurse? Where is headship before the fall? Right. Yeah. Where is there any hierarchy or female subordination or the man designated the leader or spiritual mm-hmm. cover or mm-hmm. authority? Mm-hmm. We don't find it. Yeah. And that stimulates all kinds of interesting conversations. Hence, that's why we wrote the book together. Yeah. Reclaiming co-leadership in marriage. And mm-hmm. in headship, I believe that my position in the family is provider and protector. I mean, I believe that as equal as we are, if a guy jumps out with a knife, I'm not going to push Laura in front of me and I'm going to, you know, uh, cower behind her with the kids. You know, if I'm carrying, then I'm going to shoot somebody. And if I'm not, someone's going to get bit or something's happening. It's going to be terrible. I believe that I am doing my best to allow Laura to homeschool the kids because she's chosen that path right now. And I'm out working. I believe you know, those things. And when it comes down to decisions, as we are doing now, Laura makes a lot of decisions I don't make. I defer to her on a lot of decisions because she's more in tuned and involved, you know, with our homeschool curriculum. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Laura's doing that every day with a kid. She should know more about that than me. And I should defer to her on those things with our bills. Laura tells me what we need to, you know, how much we need to make and where it needs to go and how it needs to be spent because I'm just not that good at it. She's better at me than that. I don't have any problem with that. Right. And I think yeah. those examples you're giving, Ryan, uh, we have to remember that those aren't gender-based based on male, female. Mm. Yeah. For Tim and I, they're gift-based. Yeah. So what do you do in a marriage when you've got the strong woman, the leader, and you've got the husband that's got the mercy gift, and yeah. he's the teacher? or the? That's where it shifts, mm-hmm. and we have to figure out, okay, what do we believe about marriage? Yeah. So I think when people read, read, reach an impasse, which everybody does because everybody who's married will experience troubles, 1 Corinthians 7, 28b, there's different ways you can approach it. One we would say is more the traditional way. The uh, complementarian way is a new word that's bubbled up in recent decades. Where we complement so. each other. And we yeah. compliment. I compliment Anne as the man. She compliments me on the female. We celebrate our differences. And that's, frankly, I think the majority of churches and seminaries, yeah. that's where they're at. But ultimately, if there's an impasse, we would suggest gender trumps. The man has the responsibility and the call, and that's where they would land. Mm. We get it, and it's yeah. working for a lot of couples. You're saying for complementarians, that's where they ah, land. Ultimately, yeah, the gender would ultimately, trump. Yeah. An egalitarian-type marriage view, which egalitarians, you know, it's more often people think about women in leadership and yeah. Women yeah. elders and pastors. But in marriage, we would suggest in an egalitarian ma- marriage view, process trumps and gifts trump. Mm. Yeah. So if yeah, it affects yeah, yeah. Anne more than me, if we were doing more of an, what our understanding of an egalitarian marriage view, we would defer to her. Sure. Or we'd have agreed upon process. Say, we are at a log jam, so we're going to go make an appointment with our counselor, and before we even get in the car, we're going to say, whatever she says, we're going to agree to. So maybe it's kind of taking turns making decisions where you made the last four decisions, it's my turn because we're equal as Mm. a couple. That might be the way an egalitarian couple makes decisions, or they might say, um, let's make a decision on the job based on who it affects more. So if yeah. we have a new job, okay, it affects you. The, that's going to be where you work, eight to five every day. For Tim and I as a co-leadership couple, we're saying even Ryan and Laura, if it affects you more because it mm-hmm. might be in the marketplace where one of you is working, it really always affects us because 
the two are one. Yes. So your job affects us. The number of kids we have affects us. The car purchase affects us. So for co-leadership, we're encouraging both couples to go to the Lord. Again, developing that relationship with God, trusting that he's a good father and he's going to lead them as one. It's not taking turns. So to recap, in a traditional hierarchical or complementarian marriage view, we would suggest ultimately gender trumps. Mm -hmm. In our understanding of an egalitarian marriage view, it's process trumps and spiritual gifts trump. In our Mm -hmm. co-leadership marriage view, we say God trumps. Because yeah. if God gives Anne a yeah. yellow light or a red light, no matter how green I, I could be on the Emerald yep. Island yeah. doing the green Irish green. jig, yes. as green as I could be, we have covenant to say, no, we're going to wait right. till we both have green lights before we pull the trigger on the decision. It, it reminds me, we were at a conference one time, and a gentleman walked up to us to ask some questions, and he said, I'm listening to this co-leadership, and I'm running it through the filter of what I understand. And let me throw this out at you and tell me if you agree. He goes, I'm a really good husband. He goes, I don't say that pridefully, (laughs) but I really love my wife and we have a really good marriage. I'm not a bossy husband. I don't have my thumb, you know, on her her back. It's like, I'm a really good husband. And the illustration that I use is that um, I'm the pilot and my wife is the co-pilot and I'm a really good pilot. I even let her take the control sometimes. I let her, I ask her where she'd like to go as a destination, and I take that into consideration. But in our marriage, when the landing gear needs to go down, as the pilot, I need to take ownership and responsibility. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I totally get that. That is exactly the illustration I grew up with. I think my dad was a really good husband and so symbolically a pilot. But here's the illustration Tim and I use. In our marriage for co-leadership, God is the pilot, Mm. and we are both co-pilots. And he is a really good pilot. He gives us freedom sometimes to ask us where we want to go. He gives us the control stick once in a while, or you don't call that a control stick in a plane. It's not the steering wheel, but whatever. (laughs) He gives us control once in a while, but he is ultimately the one that Mm -hmm. decides when the landing gear goes down. When we review 40 years of marriage, you guys, Mm. there's no way in a thousand lifetimes I could have taken us on the adventure as the way some men define head as they Mm -hmm. have the final say and they're the pilots. With God as a pilot, he continues to surprise us, to invite us us to deeper levels of intimacy, first with him and then with one another. So that's what we offer couples. You don't have to co-lead. You don't have to wait on the Lord, but you get to if you want. Right. And that's where we're parking. And And let me jump in, too, because I know there's people like me. You know, I, I tend to lean towards legalism. That's just my bent. The first thing I think of was what happens when you get to an impasse? Or what if you can't make a decision? What if you just can't make a decision? You're at a loggerhead, you can't make a decision. Well, then you wait. Mm. Well, you can't wait. Well, how often do you really can't you wait? How often does it have to be made this second? Because here's where people throw this out. They throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's like, well, but what if we get to this place? Well, why don't you wait till you get there? Wait till you get there and see what happens. Why don't you start practicing this in the first place and wait till you get there? And by the way, if you really do get to a place where there's no possibility of movement, call a third party. Yeah. And that seems like an impossible challenge for people in the world that we live in because yeah. we move at a fast rate. That's right. But it's so busy and it's so fast that yeah. we have to make the decision right now. And listen, Laura had a green light on me quitting my job long before I did. I just didn't have the green light. And I knew she had a big, bright, neon green light. And I kept asking the Lord, like, Lord, is... Is it time? Mm-hmm. I didn't have the green light. Didn't have the green light. And then I did, and then we moved on. But it had to be, I mean, 
it was months and months and months. Yeah. You know, Laura, what was that for you? I mean, in, in a way, you've got the green light. You think we should move on, and I don't. I'm, well, I think the tendency, too, is when one person has a green light, I think for me, I go into all the ways to invite him <laughs> into choosing the green light. But don't you see this? And, you know, I make my list, and I mm-hmm, make my case, mm-hmm. and I lawyer up to get him to come to right. my side. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I respected you for, for waiting. And I think in that I grew up, we've talked about, you know, in marriage, you get to grow up, you know, sorry, people, it's time to grow up, put away childish things. And I got to sit in it and watch you struggle through it in a way. Can I ask you a question about that? Knowing that I was inquiring of the Lord and I was thinking about it, did that help? Oh, completely. Okay. Yes. I yeah. think that's the part that the We've Lord never is looking talked at. About how ridiculous. Yeah. I quit my job in January. We really never had this full conversation. Like, what was it like to sit for around six or eight months and think, my goodness, because I was suffering and the kids were suffering and our marriage was suffering. There was so much. And it's not, I love my dad. I love, I adore working with my dad. There's just other stresses about the business that made it hard for me. It just other stresses and it was really affecting my health and our relationship and our kids and a lot of those things. And it's gotta be hard for a wife who loves me to see me going through that going, come on, you big dummy, just quit. It'll be so much better. And I was so afraid of it, but she let me wait and it was right. And we're doing it now. That's such a good example because it seems urgent that a decision be made. And I think that's the way decisions seem to couples. We have to come to a conclusion. And I think God is so much more interested in maturing us Mm -hmm. and teaching us how to be quiet and still and how to live in the uncomfortableness of the silence with the Lord. Like, what does that mean? And so that healing process positions you so much better for where you're at today. I also want to say that whenever we think about co-leadership, we automatically go to the dramatic decision right. of like, what if something needs That's to be right. made in 15 yep. minutes? I will tell you there have been times. What if my child has been struck by a car and there's a life and death decision? Say that to us. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, sure. by the way, that's me. I yeah. mean, I'm the lawyer. I will find the scenario that allows you to answer the way I want you to answer. Right. And I've had to learn to give it up. And plenty of times, Tim and I have went ahead and made a decision and didn't feel like we had unity. And never one time do we look back and say, wow. That was a good idea. Like (laughs) every single time we value the times that we waited. So I just want to encourage couples, probably 99% of your decisions are not going to be those urgent decisions. And God is more interested in maturing us. Husband wife unity. Yep. mm -hmm, And I think also some listeners might be saying, oh, you know, Tim and Ann, do you go to, do you IOTL inquire of the Lord? Do you wait for both having green lights on every decision? Like, do you go to the grocery store and Say, hey, babe, I got a green light on Honeycrisp apples. Do you have a green light on yeah, Jonathan? It's like, I have a green light on Fuji apples. We, <laughs> see, we get asked that all the time. And our really, our humble answer or response is, you're a volitional man, a man or woman made in the image of God as a volitional human being. You have the ability to make choices. So you can choose to include God and walk in unity with your spouse or not. Yeah. And yeah. Whatever, from a little simple decision to major decisions. Yeah. But we're here... And our life message is God's original design for marriage, we believe, was mutual equality, both made Mm. in the image of God and functionally equality, both given the dominion mandate, the rulership to rule, to extend community, and the procreation mandate. Don't hear shaming in that. 
don't oh. hear that. Well, if you choose to that way, well, I guess you can do that. Because if you really no. want to be selfish and do that, then I guess that's the road you can take. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. If you really want to be wrong, you can be wrong. If you want. But, no, we're not saying know, any of that. But if I yeah. could gently push back, if let's say ninety percent, I don't know the percent. Yeah. I don't think does. Are in traditional hierarchical complementary marriages, and if that was the best way to do marriage. Wouldn't we be doing better? Wouldn't we have a better uh, in marriage, better. in communities of faith, in leadership? It's like, might there be a better way? Yeah. yeah. Listen, across mm-hmm. the board, fifty percent divorce rate. Second marriage at seventy-five. Mm. Orange County, seventy percent failure rate in marriages in Orange County. I mean, it's bad. Marriage is really bad. And with all the things going on now, with you know, gay marriage and same-sex unions and all the questions going on. Uh, with with that, marriage really is under fire. Marriage is having a hard time now. Couldn't it be better? And hey, you could just try. All we hey, are, all we but, are yeah. saying. By the way, uh, if it doesn't work, take the coat off. Still yeah, bad. Try all, on the coat know, for all we are saying is give co-leadership a chance. Yeah. Give it a try. And By the I way, think... Satan doesn't want this. There's some guy that keeps driving around the house in some kind of a hot ride. That's what you hear in the background. Oh there he goes gosh. again. It's fourth time he's driven by. <laughs> yeah. Keeps going yeah. all the way around the house. He's makes it real. Yeah. Because makes he doesn't want to real. talk about egalitarian marriage and co-leadership. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Do you know what I think is at the core of a lot of this discussion, too, mm. and even the confusion that we're seeing in our culture, is most people don't really know what they believe. Yeah. yeah. And when we yeah. say to couples, where do you stand in your doctrine of marriage? I think they're like, I don't know. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Totally. And when it's good, it's good. And when it's a problem, it's a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I would yeah. hope at the end of the podcast that couples would take the challenge and dig into the word and mm-hmm. maybe pick up the book together. Of course, in a half hour, we're not going to cover the amount of study that we've done over the last 30 years, but definitely ask the Lord, what's the next step? I want to know what I believe. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. Rebel Parents, thank you for listening. My goodness, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thank you for telling your friends. By the way, over the weekend at the marriage conference, I was on iTunes and somebody posted a new review. It really did touch my heart. It did. I I don't want to be sappy about it, but I was feeling a little lost out there. Like, are we actually helping people? Those reviews really help our ratings on iTunes, but you know what? It lets me know we're reaching you too. If you need something, if there's a topic you want us to talk about, email me, help at rebelparenting.org. It goes straight to my inbox if you email me at help at rebelparenting.org. And one last time, if you need a counselor, on the side of our website, rebelparenting.org, is a link to the American Association of Christian Counselors. They will find a counselor in your area for you. God bless you all. Man, we love you. We'll see you next week.